when I go into a meeting with anybody, whether it's somebody just starting out or a, a CEO of a major corporation or to a big celebrity, like I go in it with the same mindset every single time is like, I want to understand who this person is. Like, I want to understand how they perceive the world, like what they're struggling with. And from that, then I really try and get a sense of how I can connect with them in a meaningful way. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another incredible episode of For the Love of Money. This one is going to blow your mind if you love social media because we are talking all things hacking social media. We're going to talk about how to grow your social media for real and faster than you are right now with one of the all-time experts, Brendan Kane. You guys have probably seen Brendan all over, whether it's Instagram or whether it's all over the media or working with all of the A-listers to grow their platforms that he does. Brendan is a digital strategist for many Fortune 500 corporations, global brands, celebrities. He is everywhere with everyone. But my favorite thing about him, when you follow his Instagram, when you follow his other social media platforms, he gives more value and more how-to than almost anybody else I follow. And he does the exact same thing on this episode coming up. You know, he started his career in the entertainment industry, managing digital growth for really prominent movie studios. And then he shifted over to building applications and campaigns for celebrity clients such as Taylor Swift, Rihanna, Katie Couric, Jason Statham, like all of the A-listers. So we are definitely getting the inside scoops today. And then today... He's best known for recently building, because he wanted to experiment on himself, a million real followers in 30 days. You heard that right, a million real followers in 30 days. Matter of fact, he went on to write a book about it called One Million Followers. The book is so good, I'm buying it for all of my mastermind members. That is how game-changing this book is that Brendan wrote. He is here to really give some of his secrets, his hacks, and lift the curtain on how he is able to grow everybody's accounts with real, no BS, engaging followers that want to participate in your brand. He's going to lift the veil on all of that. So get ready, take some notes, listen up, because this episode is so valuable. Brendan, my friend, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course, my privilege. You know, I was telling you offline a little bit, you're literally one of my favorite content creators because what you create in the world of digital marketing and digital strategy is so relevant and anybody can apply it that I'm really excited to have some of those conversations today because I know this episode, people will probably leave this episode far more confident in growing an audience and monetizing them for all the right reasons than before we chatted. So you ready to go? Yep. Very cool. So I start my show with rapid fire. It's kind of a fun way to help my listeners get to know you in a hurry. And then if there's something really good that comes up that we want to circle back around on and do a deep dive, we'll certainly do that. You in? 
Yeah, sounds great. Cool. All right. I'm going to start real easy for you. Where'd you grow up? Chicago, Illinois. And I know where you live now, but where do you live now? West Hollywood, California. And what is one of your favorite quotes? I don't know if it's necessarily a quote, but I always go back to, and I don't know why it just pops into my head, is the fact that Thomas Edison failed over, I think it was a thousand or 10,000 times in inventing the light bulb. Isn't that wild? Like if we think our failures are anything, (laughs) it's just amazing. It puts it into perspective. What's one of your superpowers? I would say thinking outside the box. What is one of your favorite books? Well, my favorite book of all time is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. So good. And then what is one thing that you are challenged by right now? Well, I would say probably YouTube growth is the core focus right now. So I just, I spent three and a half years on Facebook growth, past seven months on Instagram, figured that out. And now we're diving deep into YouTube. Oh, we are totally circling back around to get into that. Who is someone who's changed your life? Is that somebody that I know personally or just just somebody that's inspired me in general? There are no rules to these questions. I would say Steve Jobs is one person that has definitely changed my life in terms of how perspective of innovation, perspective of work, and uh, just the thought leadership perspective that he brought. Mm, Very cool. Just a couple more left here. What's one of your all-time favorite accomplishments this far? You know, I think that looking back on it, I didn't appreciate it as as much as I should have, but really the work that, that I did in, with Taylor Swift and the technology platforms we built for her and her team and MTV was was really fun and quite an accomplishment that, that I wish I would have uh, enjoyed it more as I was doing it. It's interesting how we do that to ourselves, isn't it? In the moment, we, we forget work. to really pause and, and appreciate the, the magnitude of what we're doing. Yeah. Two more. What is something generous you've done recently? Uh, well, I'm always trying to advise younger kids that are either in high school or college. So I try and do once or twice a week uh, free strategy sessions with young kids, just trying to guide them in any direction. I get a, so many direct messages on Instagram and I just try and respond to all of them and providing them the guidance to people all over the world. That is an act of generosity considering how valuable your time is. I love it. Last one. What are you grateful for today? For being on this podcast. I appreciate you having me on in the time. I mean, we've been, it's funny. I think we initially connected through through an engagement group or, or somebody we know both on Instagram. And it's just great to finally talk in depth with you. Likewise, I'm really excited to do that. So let's do that. Let's go a little bit deeper now. Let's get more in depth. And you, like I said in the beginning, you're one of the best digital strategists and growth hackers I've ever seen. And your content is some of my all-time favorites. So I want to start with the obvious, the, the fun, sexy thing to talk about. And that is you once gained a million followers in 30 days. You have to explain this story to us. Yeah. So I've been in to digital and technology for over 15 years and have had the, the fortunate opportunity to work with some of the largest brands, corporations, and celebrities on the planet and having success with them is is definitely great and fulfilling. But I would say that a reoccurring theme and question that would always come back is like, okay, it's great that you work with an MTV or a Taylor Swift or some celebrity, but what about me? I'm starting from scratch, I'm starting from zero, or I'm just at a few thousand followers. Can your principles help me in my success? And it really did weigh on me for for some time, and I just figured that listen, the only way I'm really going to know whether it's successful is to go off and run an experiment to see what was possible in terms of everything that I learned, and especially the the, the processes, the processes and methodology that I've been developing over the past four years. 
And I'm of the mindset that I don't like to talk about things. I like to do things and I like to to test and see what's possible. So when thinking about like who would I run this experiment on, I thought, why not myself? Because I was definitely starting from scratch. I've never been on television or film, not a professional athlete, or I'm definitely not a rock star because I can't carry a tune. I won't even sing. <laughs> so I decided that I'm going to do this. And I knew going in why I was doing it. And we can get into that into, into it in a little bit if you're you're interested. But that is really where the the motivation and inspiration started from this concept of, okay, I have a case study about an MTV or Taylor Swift. What about a case study from start, somebody starting from zero, starting from scratch? And that's what really fascinated me. I love the theme of starting from zero in order to prove that your methods work. And I know the answer to this, but everyone else is going to be wondering, zero to a million followers in 30 days, were these all real followers? Yeah, so they're all definitely real followers. I mean, there's there's only so many ways that you can acquire followers. I mean, definitely you can acquire follow fake followers, but to me it's like what is the the value and the purpose of that and you really don't learn anything from it in addition to the fact that the social platforms have gotten very smart and wise to the fake bots, uh but it is definitely all real people uh and it's diversified across the world into 100 different countries. And this was on Facebook that you did it, right? Yeah. So the the million followers in thirty days was on Facebook. So I spent about three and a half years really perfecting the platform and learning as much about the platform as possible before I had done the experiment. And then I, as I mentioned, you know, when we first started, I've spent probably the last seven months on Instagram and focusing on that and figuring out the growth mechanisms. And we're having a lot of success at that. It's not a million million followers in 30 days, but we've gotten it up to generating 100,000 followers in in 30 days. That's where our current growth rate is. So we gain about 30 to 40,000 followers every weekend. And we're extending that growth out, but we're having a lot of success there as well with some of the similar principles. Okay, I have so many questions coming up right now. Uh, the first one is the obvious one that my listeners are thinking right now. How did you do it on Facebook? How'd you go from zero to a million? Is there a system you can share? Is there anything that might be of use to us? Yeah, absolutely. So I there's definitely a system. And what I always say, the first place that I start started with myself and I, I start with everybody that I work with is why are you doing it? Like, what does what does that success look like for you? What does that return on investment look like? Because I think so many people get in to a question of like, well, how much did it cost? And to me, it's like, that's not the relevant question to ask. It's like, well, what was the return on investment that I got from doing it? So from my perspective, I was doing it specifically so to secure a literary agent, which led to a publishing deal, which has also led to speaking uh, around the world to organizations and and brands and, and different events. So it, it sounds like a simple question to ask yourself, but I, I find so many people don't go in with that mindset. And the reason that I think it's so critically important to answer that question first is because it's hard work. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes resources. And if you don't know why you're doing it, you're just gonna give up. And if it's just like, well, how much is it gonna cost and you don't know what the return on investment is, you're gonna give up. So I start with that question of what is the the reason that you're doing it? And then the, the second step that I go to, which is, it's an obvious one, but content is everything. Like if you don't have, solid content, it's going to be much harder to grow an audience in a short period of time and also maintain that audience. And when you're starting from scratch, it can be a very daunting task. So typically what we do is we start with competitive analysis. We look at all of the accounts 
in the specific network that we're trying to grow on, whether that's Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram. And we basically go to the, the accounts that are reaching the audience that we want to reach, and then we reverse engineer their success. We look at the formats, the themes, the stories that they're covering that are successful, but also the ones that they're not successful with so that we can come up with the specific targets of content that we want to create. So all of this is really broken down into an agile process that includes three key steps. And I'm sure you've heard these three steps before because they use it in, in science all the time. But the first uh, step is setting hypothesis is what is that content theme format or story that we think is going to represent our brand the the products or services that we're doing in a way that's going to generate the intended response that we're looking for from our audience in this case it's generating a follower and a part of that hypothesis is the competitive analysis or competitive research uh, but once you've come up with that hypothesis then you move to the, the second step which is the testing phase where you create a low cost proof of concept of your hypothesis and test whether or not it holds true. And when I mean low cost, I mean low cost. I don't want people spending thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars producing a single piece of content until they know that it's proven to work. And I've seen this mistake happen all the time from, from companies that are just starting out to all the way up to the biggest corporations in the world is they're making content decisions without validating it first. So it's really critically important whether it it's just putting a camera, an iPhone camera in front of you, leveraging stock videos or stock photos. Uh, just having that clear uh, idea that I just want to create a low cost proof of concept of the hypothesis so that we can test, which moves to the, the third step, which is measuring the results from the test. And if the results didn't generate the intended response that you were looking at, in this case, generating followers at a high velocity, then you pivot and you go back to the first step and set a new hypothesis and you test and you go over and over again until you find something that works. And then from there, it can scale once you figure it out and you can invest further in a specific direction. So it's almost like a mindset thing. I would say that, again, it sounds so simple, but this is where so many people go wrong is first understanding that it is gonna be hard work and it's a constant learning and iterative process. So Brendan, you said something that really caught my attention because I've had this experience. You said you did this to secure a good book deal, a literary agent. And that's what social media has almost become, like street cred. You don't get to have the conversation until you are first validated by your Instagram, your Facebook, something like that. Is having a large following almost a prerequisite to having a successful brand these days? It's a great question. I would say that it depends on on the type of business that you're in. So like like you talk about literary agents, I come from the entertainment world. So I, I started off in the film industry and I can definitively tell you that follower numbers, reach, all of that makes a huge difference in terms of uh, the decision-making process of who they hire. Now, if you're a an e-commerce shop that is just selling product only in the US or a local business, it doesn't matter as much. Like I always say, like, I always start out when I work with people as like, well, what is your end goal? And it's the reason I go back to the return on investment. If your end goal is I want to generate sales now, then building a following, I wouldn't say is your core focus. I would really focus on creating uh, very sophisticated advertising campaigns and going after more of the direct response, strategic routes of generating revenue, generating sales, and then taking that revenue and reinvesting into followers. But if you're in any other industry that is about brand recognition, that's that's in the entertainment industry, an author, a writer, an artist, uh, and 
pretty much goes on and on, or even like an athlete, then yeah, I think it provides tremendous value in terms of providing that validation and street credibility. Now, once you have that attention, then what do you do with it? And that's where content comes into play is like you can have a large follower number, but if you can't engage your audience with content, then what is the real meaning behind it? You know, what's interesting is a lot of my friends run a lot of the larger entrepreneur events that you see going on out there right now. And while this is not a good thing or a bad thing, just to back up what you're saying, when somebody wants to speak on their stage, the first thing they do, they pull up their Instagram to say, well, what does this person's following look like? And is that following engaged? And they're making a snap decision to even investigate it in that speaker any further simply on what their Instagram looks like. Isn't that a crazy world that we live in now? It is. It's, it is it is really crazy. And I would say that you can look at that two ways. You can look at it as, oh, that's not fair. Or you can say, okay, if that's the way the system works and let me take it to my advantage. And that was like really the whole purpose of the book is to give people the the power to have their voice be heard, to get the attention that they need so that they can transform it in a positive way. And like, that's why I've invested so much time into Facebook and now Instagram. Like the goal is to hit a million followers on Instagram and I will hit it because I know the power and the value of it. And I know the reason that I'm doing it. Uh, so it is, it's a crazy world we live in, but to me, it just, it, it presents a huge opportunity. You mentioned the book, 1 million followers. Who's it for and who's it not for? So I would say that first and foremost, it's for anybody like in the, the way the whole book is positioned and even the dedication, it's for people that have something truly special to offer in this world that they can really transform the world in a positive way, uh, but just don't have the strategy or the the know-how or the technique to be able to get their voice be heard. And, and, and it can be on any platform. So 30% of the book is the system that I use to generate a million followers in 30 days. But then I went off and interviewed that my top partners and friends in the space that have achieved uh, massive uh, success on different social platforms and the different ways that they've achieved it. Because I'm a firm believer that there's not a one size fits all strategy for everybody. You've got to find the strategy that works for you. And that's why I wanted to provide a real balanced look in the book of different ways that you can approach it. I would say who the book is not for is for people that just think that this is just going to come super easy and you're doing it for for the wrong reasons. Again, like why the why in what you're doing is is super critically important and just understanding that it is going to take time, it's going to take hard work and just make sure that your why is strong enough that you're willing to to put in the time and resources to make it successful. It's such a good book. Everybody needs to read it. Matter of fact, um, let's do something fun. For everybody that shares this episode on your Instagram and tags Brendan Kane and myself, the first 10 of you, I will send you a free book, 1 million followers. So Brendan, that's like that's how much I think that everybody who is in business, who's in entrepreneurship needs to read this book. What is the best platform? Where should we be putting all of our efforts these days? Yeah, it's another great question. The, 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 way, the place that I start is what is the platform that you're most passionate about? Are you on Twitter every day? Are you on Instagram every day? Are you on YouTube every day? Because to me, that is the most important element is like, do you really love the platform that you're building out? Uh, because I, I feel like people get into social and choosing platforms for, for the wrong reasons uh, versus just like, what do you love to do? What, what, what's going to be exciting for you? Uh, with that said, 
the, the, the second way that I look at social networks after you've established the ones that you love is really understanding the, the consumption behavior of the different platforms and the purpose of each platform. So for example, Facebook, the, the value and the power of Facebook, it's inherently a democratic platform. It's you just put good content out and people share it and content go viral, goes viral or it doesn't go viral. And if you create really compelling content, your brand will, will grow extremely fast. In addition, one of the, the other valuable aspects of Facebook is its ability to drive a tremendous amount of traffic out to an e-commerce store, to a website, to a landing page, whatever that may be. Now, Instagram, for example, as you know, is really the, the, the hot one right now that from a brand perspective and from an influencer perspective, most people value Instagram. It used to be neck and neck between YouTube and Instagram, but YouTube's run into some brand safety issues uh, that has knocked it down a little bit from a brand perspective. But Instagram is just extremely hot from that, from the value of how people perceive it. Uh, in addition, the engagement rate is is still relatively high. It is starting to decline as more people get on the platform and more content's pushed into the feed. But it is a really powerful platform from an engagement perspective when you just look at the overall engagement per post, but also stories. They've done an amazing job with that as well. And then YouTube, it's long-form consumption. It's one of the few platforms outside of podcasts that you can get somebody to watch content for a longer period of time. And people don't realize it, but YouTube is more of a, uh, a search engine than it is a social network. And that provides a lot of value in terms of producing content for the platform because people are actually searching out your content or searching out the topics that you're covering. So you can get them to tune in for 15, 20, 30 minutes long. Uh, so there's inherent value in that in building a long lasting relationship and diving deeper with your audience on that platform. So it's really understanding the, the different behaviors for each of them and then choosing which one works best for your specific objectives and goals that you're trying to reach. It's such good advice. I think people get tripped up and thinking they have to be good on them all. Like full confession, I beat myself up because I don't have any YouTube presence. And I know there's easy things I could be doing to have it, but I just haven't made it a priority. And I'll stress out over the fact that I'm only concentrating on my Instagram and, and not my YouTube. Do people need to worry about being evenly balanced or should you just take one or two of them and run with them? I would just, from my perspective, it depends on who you listen to. People have different, different advice, like Gary Vaynerchuk will tell you to be on every platform. To me, I would say go focus on one or two and just be really good at those platforms. And once you get really good at those platforms, then make, make the determination whether you want to diversify out. I will say that you should eventually have some type of diversification, even if it's like building out an email list or a Facebook messenger list or a text messaging list so that you're not 100% reliant on a social network. Obviously, there's tremendous value in them, but you just want to make sure that if something does happen with an algorithm or something happens with an account getting shut down, that you're not completely left in, in the wind trying to figure out a solution. Uh, but to me, it's like focus. Like I don't tackle any network unless... I am going to like really figure it out. And that's where I spent three and a half years on Facebook, the past seven months on Instagram, we're gonna invest heavily. We've been investing heavily in LinkedIn and we're just starting to the, the research and analytics phase around YouTube right now. And your why, I mean, your agenda with concentrating on growing each one to a large numbers, this is your expertise. So you have to have been there, done that to understand what works and what doesn't work. Is that kind of right? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say that's a huge part of it is it's, I love learning and I love figuring things out. It's a huge challenge, but it's to me, 
I love that process of figuring things out so I can share it with other people. Like my real passion is, is thought leadership, speaking, running workshops, uh, running private groups, things like that. And the way that I know how to provide value to people is by figuring out the best way to do things. And then the way that I learn is like, I actually have to do it. Like I can't just tangibly think about it from a theoretical perspective. I have to actually get my hands in there and, and figure out how it works by doing it in order for me to be able to articulate the strategies to other people so that they can use it for themselves. So Instagram is a hot one. You said it yourself. It's the one that everybody you know, kind of wants to be seen and recognized on right now. Okay, are there any secrets you can share? Because I feel like Instagram is harder to earn a follow than it's ever been. It's like pulling teeth. Or is that just me feeling that way? Yeah, so I, I would say that I've seen two ways of growing Instagram accounts. And I always lean towards like, when I talk about growth, like I'm not interested in just gaining a few thousand followers. That That's just not interesting to me. It, for some people, that's like a huge success for them. And uh, there's nothing against it at all. But my mind goes to, and it took me literally, I spent two years trying to find an agency or a contractor or Instagram growth expert that could help me grow at the rate I was looking. And I was like, I need to grow at a minimum of like 25, 30,000 followers a month. And I could never find anybody that could deliver on that at scale. Uh, so that's where I just had to get into it myself and really figure it out. And so there's there's really two, two growth mechanisms that people talk about. So they talk about hitting the Explorer page and uh, going viral within the ecosystem, which from the data in our experience, and I'm just talking about my experience, other people may have other experiences with the platform, but we typically see even if you hit that explore page, the, the 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 level of follower growth is just not that high. Uh, maybe we'll generate like two or three hundred followers. Like I even have a friend where she's a comedian and she'll get videos that generate like ten million views because it hits the explore page, but she doesn't see a tremendous growth in terms of uh, followers. And that's what I'm seeing. It's like anemic now when you hit that yeah. page. So the the strategy that we've honed in on and and have having a lot of success with the strategy that we're using to generate upwards of uh, 100,000 followers in a single month is it really comes down to distribution of content. So where Facebook is, you can push content out your out, out of your channel and make it go viral. And then the correlative effect will be that you generate followers. Instagram is the, the reverse of that. Like you have to distribute content in other people's channels to drive traffic back. Uh, so that means getting somebody to to put your video, your photo on their account, tag you and say, you need to go follow this other account. And there's two ways to do that. There's the purely organic way where you just identify accounts that are reaching your current audience. And you just know that the content that you can provide to them is of tremendous value. And most accounts that have established a large audience, they do need content to keep serving their audience. But you got to be honest with yourself, is it providing value to them? Because looking at it from their perspective, it's like, why why should I post your content for free and give you a shout out that you can get followers? What am I getting out of it? And that's where providing the, or reaching out to them from the standpoint of how your content can provide value to their audience and help their audience uh, gives you a better chance of success. And then the second approach is you can actually pay for advertising in other accounts in the form of shout outs, uh, which is basically the same thing as the first one is just you're paying for it instead of getting it for free. And But there's a misconception, and this is where like content really comes into play, 
is like, for example, we could get a piece of content on an account that has 15 million followers, but if the content's not solid, that can only result to like two or 300 followers versus that same account with an effective piece of content can literally generate upwards of five to 6,000 followers. So that's really where it comes in of this, the process that I walk through of testing content content extensively to understand what is actually going to get somebody to follow your account. And traditionally, once you when you're syndicating content out onto other Instagram channels, you have to think about it as almost like an advertisement for your account. Like generally just posting a photo or a video of yourself that may resonate with your current audience is probably not going to resonate with an audience that that has never been exposed to you before or has never heard of your brand or your account. So if you are going to take this approach of distributing your content on other channels, like what is that content that's so compelling to somebody that you're like, I have to check out this person's account. I have to see their other content. I have to follow them. And that's what you do so well, by the way, because you're giving so much tangible value, things that people can use and apply to grow whatever platforms they're working on. It makes sense why your stuff creates so many followers so quickly every time it's you know in any form of distribution. Yeah, to me, like everything I do is about value, both online and offline, and it's the reason that I've been successful in, in closing huge celebrities as clients and corporations, and we're seeing you know the correlative uh, success on online is that just provide value to people. And if the content's good and you provide value, everything else will fall into place. One of the best lines I've ever heard. I just strive to create value. I think that's the word you just said, both online and offline. I love that. Uh, probably my last Instagram question here, just because you know it's on everybody's mind. Uh, fake followers, fake comments, bots, et cetera. Would you please tell everybody why they should avoid the temptation of using these? Yeah, so obviously anything fake you don't want to use. Uh, there are things to be said in terms of engagement groups or other automated engagement groups to push your content up into the Explorer page. I don't recommend doing anything fake uh, because again, it's just, it's just, it's not going to help you in the long term. Uh, but I will say that there is a benefit in terms of using engagement groups or even automated engagement groups as long as the accounts are real and there are people that are actively engaging in your content because it can push you up in the algorithms, especially with, with the, those first 20 to 30 minutes are super critical to the overall success of a post. What's an automated engagement group? Because uh, I met you, I think, either in or through a friend in an engagement group, but what's an automated one? Yeah, so basically there's platforms that are set up that they have real accounts. It's basically the same as an engagement group, except it, it automatically goes in and does the the comments and like likes for you. So what it does is instead of, you know, with an engagement group, you have to do it manually each time. It automatically does it for you with the people in the group. Interesting. Okay, cool. So I want to talk about the celebrities because you just brought them up. You've worked with so many A-listers to build their platforms. What are some special things they're doing that we as brands or entrepreneurs should be replicating? Well, I would, th- I would say one of the the largest or the, the most significant learning experiences that I had in working with celebrity was, was the work that I did for Taylor Swift and her and her team. Because what few people realize about Taylor is that she grew her fan base herself one by one. She didn't have a huge record label behind her. She didn't have millions of dollars of marketing budget. And she really understood the power of fostering one-to-one communication with fans. It's what made her so effective. She recognized that each time she responded to a comment online, each time 
that she took a photo with the fan. Anytime she signed an autograph, no, not only did it turn that fan into somebody that was now going to purchase her music, but it turned that fan into a brand advocate. And because when this was happening and she was having success, this was probably like seven or eight years ago when I was working with her, is that it, social media profiles were becoming an intricate part of everyday teenager life. Whereas before, when you created a brand advocate, they could only tell the people that were in the vicinity of them, like their, their friends at school, versus now they could take her content and post it on their social profile, reaching hundreds, thousands, in some cases, tens of thousands of people. And that's what allowed her to scale so quickly and have that exponential growth is recognizing that value of fostering one-to-one communication with fans and building that relationship that I think is is really um, not paid attention to in the way that it should be uh, to, to have success in do- digital and social platforms because that that growth really comes from creating those brand advocates and people that are willing to share your content with everybody that you know. So you said that, you know, some of the best lessons that you've gotten from these celebrities, I think I literally saw in another interview or somewhere else that Taylor Swift herself had given you a couple of really good lessons that you now apply in your life and in your business. Do you remember what one or two of those were? Yeah, it really, it, it comes down to the, the lesson that I had, had just walked you through about shareability and getting people to share your message for you and, and providing value to your audience. And it's something that I've been intently focused on ever since then is how do you get people to share your message? How do you get people to share your content for you at the highest possible velocity? Because that's where true growth really comes from is that you create something that's so compelling and you have such a deep connection with somebody that they are willing to go out there and tell everybody they know about this product or service. And that's where you see Uh, billion dollar companies created in years instead of decades. It's like if you have something that's really solid and you can tap into that customer base in a real positive way, uh, you can have uh, tremendous growth opportunity from it. And it reminds me of a story that's in the book about, uh, I interviewed somebody that worked at Dropbox and they were talking about how they were trying so many different ways of uh, manufacturing growth in the platform. And the one thing that was super successful for them was when they did this invite your friend, the referral of friend, where if you refer a friend to the platform, you get free storage space and they get free storage space. And once they did that, that's their, their growth, their growth trajectory just exploded. That's crazy. I love that. Such value. I want to put a bow on the social media thing with one last question and, and kind of work our way into generosity after that. But the question is this. What do we need to know about the future of social media? And specifically, uh, let me just give you an example. Say five years from now, what is it going to look like? What's coming down the pipe? So yeah, it's tough to say from a technology standpoint of what it's going to look like five years from now. I think it's really, if you want to know where social media is going to go, is pay attention to mobile technology and mobile devices because mobile devices are really what's going to dictate the evolution of social platforms and the capabilities. I will say that no matter what, at the end of the day, to be successful on social media, and this goes whether it's today, five years from now, 25 years from now, it comes down to content. If you're a compelling content creator and you're offering something that's engaging or of value to an audience, they will consume and engage with it. And as the mediums change and the distribution uh, outlets and methods change, content is always going to be the number one 
uh, element to success on any platform. Man, it always has been and always will be. Like, this is what it all boils down to. We could have a 30-second episode and you could just say, value and content is the secret. And people don't want to hear that because it takes work. But that always has been and always will be the secret. 100%. And it, it does take work, but it also simplifies everything as people tend to overcomplicate success. And I'm, listen, I'm guilty of it. I overcomplicate everything. But if you just distill it down into those those two things, you're bound to have success. Uh, it may take some time to narrow in on it, but you will be successful. So you've worked with so many incredible individuals and companies and corporations, mastering all these different platforms. Who have you seen do it in order to leverage generosity or spread generosity or impact? Yeah, I think that well, you know the person that wrote the forward for the book, Prince EA, is a is is definitely had a tremendous amount of success in terms of providing value through content and generosity. I think that the interesting story that that uh, we dive into in the book is that he started out wanting to be a rapper, and he was creating content for over eight years. And I think over the course of eight years, he generated ten million views, which is not a, it's not a bad number, a small number. But one day when he when he woke up, he's just like, listen, I'm going to tr transition. I'm going to completely change my path into, I just want to provide value to the world. And I just want to inspire people around the world. Once he made that mind shift over the past two or three years, he's generated over 2 billion views. Wow. Uh, so it's just like kind of like that, I think is like the perfect analogy and story of, of, of how to approach content and how to have success through generosity and through value. Yeah, he is killing it. I love that. What role has generosity played in your success personally? Well, again, I think that it's when I go into a meeting with anybody, whether it's somebody just starting out or a, a CEO of a major corporation or to a big celebrity, like I go in it with the same mindset every single time is like, I want to understand who this person is. Like, I want to understand how they perceive the world, like what they're struggling with. And from that, then I really try and get a sense of how I can connect with them in a meaningful way and how I can provide value to them and making sure that I am expressing that value in a way that they can understand and, and grasp. I never go into a situation with, hey, I want to close this deal or I want to sell them on something. I just go in with that specific approach and mindset. And I think that that is what really leads me to success and being able to earn the trust and credibility with people at the highest levels. I love that. You know, when we were in our rapid fire earlier, you said lately you've really been carving out time to give strategy and advice to younger kids. And that is one of my favorite versions of giving. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, again, I think it would go back to just what I learned from Taylor Swift and and, and the way that she grew her fan base and audience of connecting people, connecting with people in a in a powerful and engaging way to them. So for me to go into an Instagram and respond to a direct message that maybe takes me 30 or 60 seconds long to somebody that is uh, anywhere in the world, it could be in the United States, Canada, India, Africa, any place, and just be able to to give them a little bit of insight and a little bit of strategy that, that could help give them some clarity in terms of the goals and objectives that they're trying to achieve, uh, to me is is really powerful. And can you think of any instance or example where someone took your advice and ran with it and just made you so damn proud? Yeah, so there was one um, there was one young author that had uh, he had uh, 
written a series of books of fiction books and he wanted to generate some big social numbers in order to attract publishers and literary agents. So I broke down, I spent a few hours with him and just broke down the strategies that I used. And he was able to, to do it and build, I think like 250 or 300,000 followers on Facebook that helped generate the the validation for the meetings that he was going into. That is so cool and so important. I remember when Lori was shopping her book, the first question out of the pub- publishers that were interviewing us was tell me about your following. Not tell me about your book, not send me a sample. They would literally ask about the following first. So you created massive impact for that young author right there. That's awesome. So where can we find you? Where should everyone follow you? So they can, uh, there's a few different ways that they can connect with me. I think that the, the best way it is Instagram because I do actively respond to DMs. So I'm at Brendan Kane, or they can email me directly, boy at seekers, S-E-A-K-E-R-S.com. Uh, and then the book is in all major retail stores on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, all of the, the major ones. I love it. Um, I'm actually going to be buying your book for all of my masterminds. That's how much I love it. And remember what I said earlier for all of you who are listening, the first 10 people to tag both Brendan Kane and myself uh, in this episode on Instagram, I will send you a free book of Brendan's. Okay. So last question is this, why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success or growing their audience or their pursuit of wealth? Yeah, I think that really, and it's something that I work on every day is that success and happiness is, it all it's all about perception. And that perception is guided about what is happening within you in, internally. And what happens a lot of times, especially here in the States, and I, like I, I fall prey to it is, is me, mainstream media and everything that we see is all about uh impressing other people or the external factors that control the way that we perceive situations or the way that we perceive ourselves or happiness or success. So to me, I think it's a great question because to be unapologetic about it means that you are comfortable with yourself and you know why you're doing it for yourself. And also understanding that if somebody has a negative reaction to your level of success or what you're doing, it has nothing to do with you. It has something to do with them and what they're going through or their past experiences. So I, I think that there's no reason to apologize for your success and whether that's financial, social media numbers, uh, because you should be doing it for yourself. And that that's what really fuels you at the end of the day. Brendan, I love it. What a great answer. You're going to make far more people more unapologetic with that. But more importantly, with all the value that you just gave us over the past 45 minutes, everybody is going to be a lot more confident in why they should grow their social media, why they should grow their platforms and how to do it. So I can't thank you enough for coming on and just not just adding value on here, but I want to direct everybody back to your Instagram and your other platforms because you add value every single day. And I know how much work it takes to make those videos. I know how much work it takes to come up with original content all the time. It doesn't just flow freely all the time and you do it day in and day out. And I want to thank you for that. I really appreciate it. It means a lot. Thanks for being on, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds 
and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.